Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. This is episode 52. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer and the host of Funding the Dream. And I just got back from PAX. It's been a, it was an absolutely fantastic event, uh, meeting a lot of people, seeing a lot of things, uh, and I got to do have a lot of fun. PAX was possible in part because I had some great backers on Kickstarter. And I want to say thank you to, first of all, Knockdown Barns. It's a Kickstarter project that's currently running. They're at 55%. They're out of Chicago, Illinois, and it's Greg Burhop. And Greg was a great supporter of me uh, in my quest to go to PAX. And so I'm, I'm giving him a shout out. If you got a chance, go to Kickstarter, take a listen to, excuse me, take a, a look at Knockdown Barns. I'm going to be backing it. Uh, looks like a lot of fun. I want to start singing Tub Thumpers. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Okay, you don't want to have to hear me sing. This episode, I have uh, a couple of guests with their own Kickstarter project. The Kickstarter project is one, if you followed me at PAX, you saw that I did a board game review of Titans of Industry, a, uh, a board game from Gozer Games, and I have the founder of Gozer Games with me, Matt Duhon. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks very much. I'm glad to be here. But you're not alone because I also have Brian Lewis, who's the designer of Titans of Industry. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, it is, right? I got it right. Titans of Industry. Correct. That's right. And Brian, if I understand right, this is your very first game. It is. Well, how thrilling is that? It's it's exciting. It's overwhelming. It's you know, it's it's I'm excited and scared. I bet. I bet because uh, you know you're uh, you're putting it out there. Well, I guess you're not putting it out there because um, Matt is really helping here with Gozer Games. Uh, Matt, you found Brian. I think what you told me was it Origins Gen Con. Where did where did you find him? At Origins, yep. At Origins uh, 2011, uh, I was there uh, with my booth for Gozer Games vending, and in the evening I walked through the uh, the board game area and found Brian demoing uh, the game at the time. He was calling it uh, Industrialist, and uh, you know he was doing a run through for some people, and it was just a game that really clicked with me. Uh, I love those kind of games like Le Havre and Agricola, and uh, it just really sang to me. So. Uh, we talked a little bit after the show and at Origins and uh, wound up being something that I want to pick up and add to the Gozer Games line. Brian, when you're sitting there, you're showing your game and up walks a guy. Um, did you guys know each other? I didn't. Okay. Up walks a guy. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I remember this actually. He right? was and he's like, hey, I like this game. Yeah, well, he's, he, was, he, stood, he stood there for a while quietly just watching me you know, teach the game, demo it, and um, stood there for quite a while. And I was like, who is this guy? And then afterwards, you know, we talked and I found out who he was. And uh, he said, hey, why don't you come see me at my booth tomorrow? We'll talk some more. And, and I did. And what is that feeling? Because were you there trying to get picked up and have somebody uh, print it for you? Was that in the back of your mind? Uh, you know, I think that's in the back of every designer's mind, you know, being discovered. But um, I went there to play test the game because I had some friends that were, I, were, I see on a yearly basis and they hadn't seen this project and I wanted to, you know, have them play it. So I put together my Excel graphics and my Word document graphics and uh, put together this prototype, which looking back was a very sorry prototype, but uh, got, the, got it across. And um, it was, yeah, it was in the back of my mind, but it wasn't the reason why I went there. And so, uh, Matt, you're sitting there, you're walking around, you see something, and you, uh, you, you talk to Brian. What is, what is it that you saw? What, and, so, and the reason I'm asking is because, obviously, the listeners of this show, um, some of them are you and some of them are Brian. 
And mm-hmm. they, I think they're kind of interested in what happens at that moment when you see something you're like, oh, I like that and I can do something with that. What's kind of going through your head? Right. Um, well, I've been walking through. Um, I wasn't necessarily looking um, you know, to pick up any particular game. I, again, had that kind of in the back of my mind. And I would had a couple of people during the day come up to me and um, want to show me their game, their prototypes as well. Um, I was mainly walking through um, just to kind of see what was out there and everything. And when I saw Brian there um, starting to talk about the game and demo the game, um, just uh, there were a couple of things that just really caught my eye. Um, the game mechanics were the first thing that jumped out at me. And as Brian said, it was a, a very uh, early prototype. It was, you know, just uh, plain wooden cubes, you know, very plain kind of uh, game. So it didn't really have to be something that already had the artwork done or anything like that. Um, but the mechanics and the way the game played really uh, caught my attention. So I, as Brian said, I sat and or stood and watched a little bit, uh, watched through run a few run throughs, asked some questions about, oh, have you considered this? Uh, what about that? And uh, the fact that the game was also really well thought out and had a completeness to it was something else that really drew me to it. It wasn't something that um, was still really needed a lot of playtesting or a lot of prototyping to be done. It was fairly complete at that point. And I've looked at it and I have did a review on it on my uh, YouTube channel. Uh, the components look awesome. The game, it, it speaks to me. I really like this kind of ga- a game, this, uh, this industry kind of concept. Um, and so it's worked for me as well. How lo- so this was last this was last year, right? In 2011. Right. So it was, uh, what, May, June, I think, of 2011. Okay. So about a year ago. And here you are a year later. And you've got you just launched it on Kickstarter, and you now you've had some success on Kickstarter in the past, but in this case, you kind of you've kind of gone bold here. You you're asking for thirty thousand dollars, which is one of the highest requests. It's getting it's changing, but up until just recently, you know, thirty to thirty five thousand dollars was the most anybody had ever asked for. What was your thought going into it about asking for that much money? Um, well, it's something that I really. Um... You know, I want to have a lot of transparency and I want to really show basically where it came from was um, I sat down and looked at the money that I'd already put into the game in terms of um, paying the artists, uh, putting together prototypes, uh, researching things like that, and uh, taking into account the 5% that Kickstarter is going to take and the 3 to 5% that Amazon is going to take, um, realistically, um, to pay for the manufacturing, to pay for the rest of. Uh, the amount that I need to pay the artists and to pay for shipping, um, 30000 is really what I need um, to complete the project. Um, it's a realistic number that it came from. Part of where it came from is uh, essentially sitting down with my wife and my wife saying, okay, you know, in order to make this successful and prove that it's going to be a successful game in the market, we can't put any more of uh, our funds into it. It's got to be something that's proven that you know, people are going to want this game. Um, and so that's where the 30000 is coming from. Fair enough. Uh, Brian, when you, when you look at this, did you think about possibly, I mean, because a year ago, well, I guess Kickstarter still hadn't really hit the, uh, the hype that it is now. Had you thought about doing this yourself, or were you looking around maybe to have somebody else do it? I, I did think about doing it myself. And the more I thought about it, the more I got scared. Um, it's, it's, it can be an overwhelming process. You know, after talking to Matt, um, you know, I didn't <laughs> Matt, I, I got to interrupt here. Matt, did you do did you do your best to scare him as much as you could? <laughs> uh, 
Not really. Okay. All right. All right. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Well, you know, it's it, Matt did point out things that maybe a lot of people don't think about, such as distribution, manufacturing, um, publicity, and marketing, and all those things that you know that would be overwhelming for for one person to do. So, Especially because all, most of everything you just described is costs up front. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And that's something that uh, I think you know has been fantastic about Kickstarter coming about um, and what it allows uh, someone like me or, you know, a game designer like Brian to do is, uh, you know, just because I have connections with manufacturers or have distribution, you know, there's still money up front that needs to be uh, put into creating any sort of game and uh, being able to, you know, put that out there and vet that and, get that interest up front is really, uh, it's a great thing. So you've pledged, let's, let's talk about this because we had a little discussion before the show. Uh, you've, you've got pledge levels. Your game, how much is this going to retail for? It's going to retail for $60. And so your pledge level is 55 So $5 off, what is that? That's, uh, that's less than 10% discount off of how much the game's going to cost. Now, you and I have talked about this. There's a lot of people out, particularly on the forums like Board Game Geek, that say that if they back a project on Kickstarter, they should get a significant discount. Why you're not giving them a significant discount? You're giving them a what is that? Six percent, eight percent discount? What's your answer to that? Um, well, it's a couple of things. Uh, for one, uh, realistically, um, and I think this occurs a lot in a lot of the other categories, but not so much in the game category. Um, really, Kickstarter is about funding. Uh, a project, or as the title of your podcast is, Funding a Dream. Uh, it's to get people to pledge to help this project, this thing, come into existence. And so um, while I think it can be looked at uh, kind of as a pre-order system, um, realistically, it's to get people to to help make this dream a reality. And so, you know, I, I look at it much more as like, you know, a PBS kind of uh, fundraiser. It, it's trying to raise funds in order to to make this thing come into existence. Because if we don't reach the funding, you know, no one's going to get the game. It's not going to happen at all. Um, another thing with the uh, the price level that uh, we're looking at is uh, I don't want to devalue the game. Uh, the game is a uh, it's a sixty dollar game. It's going to retail for sixty dollars, and I think that offering it on Kickstarter for much less than that. Um, really almost devalues the game when people see it later on and they say, oh, well, now why do I want to get it in the store for $60 when back then it was worth maybe half of that? Right, okay, very valid point. Brian, what do you think? Um, it, you know, it's an interesting um, because you're asking people that maybe are used to getting a discount on board game to not, uh, but you're exactly like Matt said, you are helping to fund a project that probably wouldn't get, uh, wouldn't happen otherwise. And so, you know, you're, you're helping the little guy, you're helping the independent publisher, um, to succeed. And I think that's what Kickstarter is all about. All right. So let's, uh, you've, you've given me a segue here, the independent publisher, which Gozer Games is. So, uh, does that mean that you, you shouldn't really be as enthusiastic about backing a major publisher that comes into Kickstarter? I put you on the spot. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that at all. But every business has risks. And this is a good way to put something out there to see if what you have 
is appealing to the public and something that could be supported. And so I, I don't have a problem with maybe the major publishers doing that too, because they're taking risks too, too many risks and the business fails. So I think this is a good way to, um, to kind of test the waters. Okay. Ah, that's fair enough. It is a, it is a way to test the water. So even the, uh, even the, you're saying even the big publishers, because uh, we were just ta- what we're talking about is Steve Jackson Games with their Ogre game. You mm-hmm. know, they have his re- every right to put something out quite unique. In their case, theirs is a hundred dollar game, so your sixty isn't uh, pales in comparison to theirs, right? Right, right, right. And so, where do you where do you, where do you want to go with this? Titans of Industry, thirty thousand dollars. You are a couple of days into this. Uh, you're sitting at about eleven percent. The artwork looks great. In my review, I commented on the. Um, the prototype looked really good, uh, and that would be Matt, right? That would be you, kind of the the effort you put into this. That's right, yeah. And um, believe me, the game has gone through uh, quite a number of iterations. Uh, when I prototype here, I'll often do um, printing it out on my uh, color printer, put it in uh, penny sleeves, things like that. Um, but uh, at this point, I really want to show off the quality of the game. I've got near final artwork, things like that. And so I've uh, put in you know, a little extra money to get something that's professionally published. Um, there's sites out there like uh, The Game Crafter or Superior Print on Demand, which uh, are fantastic for, and I know a lot of other uh, small publishers like myself use them for creating prototypes, not necessarily for selling games through there. And it's a great way to get something that's uh, good quality, but is not necessarily in a sealed shrink wrap box quality um, to show off those exactly those kind of things. You know, the board, the cards, all the components. Where are we going to see Titans of Industry? Are you guys going to be demoing it around uh, come con time? I guess your project runs till the end of May. So I guess there's no real cons. Uh, Origins is not is a few weeks after that. Did you think about extending the the project past Origins so you could show it off there Memorial Weekend? Um, I did, uh, but uh, part of it came to t- due to timing. Uh, I really want to try to have um, at least copies for backers uh, around Gen Con time. In order to do that, I was really looking at, uh, end of May timeframe for getting this done and getting the files off to the printer. Um, but we are going to be at a number of conventions. Um, just this weekend, I'm going to be at C2E2 in Chicago. And then two weeks after that, I'll be at Anime Central, which is, uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, demoing uh, Titans of Industry. And then uh, the last weekend that the campaign is running, I'm going to be down in St. Louis at uh, Geekway to the West. I'm uh, going to be down there showing off the game as well. So not not necessarily the really big conventions like Origins Gen Con, but uh, definitely going to get it out there, get people to try it out, play it. Uh, that's another reason that I want to have one of the lower funding levels be uh, an opportunity to get the print-and-play version. I want to get that out there before the campaign ends so that people have a chance to play the game, try it out, see uh, how great it is themselves, and hopefully spread the word to other people. Got it. And as we have a l- last couple of minutes here, um, Brian, are we going to see another game f- come from you? This is Brian. I mean, you're now, uh, if, the, if the funding succeeds, which it shows a, a good chance of doing, uh, even though you're only at 11%, I think the components, there's some momentum. It's a good-looking artwork. Uh, you know, uh, Matt, you've invested well there. And it's a game that I'm looking forward to playing. 
Mm-hmm. So are we going to see more games from Brian Lewis, game designer? Uh, I sure hope so. Uh, <laughs> I actually have three ideas that I'm, I'm working on right now. Um, one is an abstract strategy game. Uh, I've got another uh, game that is uh, roller coaster theme, theme park based. Okay, interesting. And another one based on uh, uh, building a uh, symphony uh, orchestra. How interesting. How interesting. That one I, I'm, I'll be interested to see because that's kind of – I like these unique niche out of nowhere. I think that's why Kickstarter is so wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. It allows you just to say, you know what? I'm going to try this. And if you can find the way to keep the components down. Uh, and then – so we'll look for that. Matt, uh, And let me just ask yep. you because uh, a lot of people always want to know. Your $30,000 you kind of alluded to doesn't cover your costs. Um, how many units are you producing with – are you able to produce with that? Uh, if we just hit the 30,000, it's probably going to be, uh, either 1500 or 2000 units, uh, manufacturing through Panda, uh, great manufacturers. If we overfund, then that's going to allow us to bump that up to about 2,500 units and to, uh, uh, increase the quality of some of the components. This is an expensive game, isn't it? It is. There's, and, and I'm uh, not talking about your retail price. I'm talking about your manufacturing costs. There's some good, and that's what I'm talking about. The prototype was rich in the uh, components. And so you've got some heavy-duty components here. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got a lot of components. There's, uh, I think, 168 different resource chits. So it's definitely on the level of something like uh, Oren Labora or uh, Lahav in terms of the number of pieces that uh, are in the game, maybe even a little more than that. Well, we will look forward to seeing it. I will be pledging and backing it and looking forward to getting a copy. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer. Hopefully you've been inspired. And if you have, go out, put your own project up there and let us fund it so that we can help you realize your dream. Thank you for listening. Take care. I get knocked down, but I get up again. No, we're going now. (laughs) Bye-bye.